Hello there. This is Gabor. It's Create English on Ripoyet Radio. It's our March edition. Doing English, learning English on this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining in. And uh, I hope you will learn some cool things today as well. What are we going to do? Let me give you a little quick summary, a little preview here. Uh, we're going to look at some more long words, just like last time we looked at one and how to correct it, how to say it correctly. There will be a couple more examples today. Then we're going to talk about just remembering how important it is to put effort into learning. And, you know, I'll, I'll just mention films and vocabulary learning uh, and what to do and what my tips are. And then we're going to talk about um, basically a conversation and also how to improve your conversation skills, even if you're at a lower level of English at the moment. So we last time we talked about a long word, availability. That was a long word to pronounce, so we looked at how to pronounce it correctly. And let's just add some more words that are, you know, in, in the same uh, area of um, pronunciation challenge. Uh, and it's challenging because sometimes the root word is pronounced in a different way, or the word is just too long and you don't know where the stress falls. So... Uh, let's take a look at some more. Here's one. Anniversary. So uh, I asked my students how do you pronounce this word and there were different versions. There was this one. Anniversary. Okay. That's not correct. There was another one. Anniversary. Which is not correct either. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much like um, what students uh, said. Now, what happens here? Uh, the correct pronunciation is anniversary. So the stress falls on the third syllable. Anniversary. One, two, three, four, five. It's a long word. Five syllables. The third one is stressed. Anniversary. So how can you... What to do with this word? Well, you can say, a, you know, um, a wedding anniversary. A wedding anniversary. When you're practicing, you can learn two words together instead of just saying like one. It's, well, first practice anniversary, you know, but then add a new word, add some word that it goes together with commonly. Wedding anniversary is a very common combination. Okay, another word here. Um, for example, communication. Now, this word is tricky as well. Why? Because... Uh, well, because there are, you know, different different ways of pronouncing it according to what I hear from students. Here are some that are not correct. Communication, for example, or communication. So what happens here is that another word, for example, communicative, is accentuated on mu. Communicative, the second syllable, communicative, but communication is different. So if you relay the two words, they might confuse you. Again, practice two words together. You know, for example, telecommunication or uh, communication, uh, human communication. Or, uh, you know, modern communication. Or verbal communication. You can add any, you know, any uh, 
other word that often goes together with the word communication and then practice it that way. Right, let me see another word here. For example, how about this one? Yeah, okay, this is a modern word, globalization. Now, again, the verb is globalize. Globalize, so we accentuate the first part, globalize, the first syllable. But when it comes to saying the noun form, what is it? It's globalization. Zation. The fourth syllable. So, the effects of globalization or globalization challenges or whatever you want to add to it that you find that often go together, you can practice them together. First, separately. First, just practice the word globalization. But then, you can add more words. Okay, and uh, maybe one more here. Hmm, okay. How about this one? Curiosity. Huh? Okay, this is a good one. Curiosity. <laughs> okay, this is this is not correct. But this is one of the, the ways that, you know, I hear it sometimes from learners. So, curiosity, no. Or it's not curiosity. It's curiosity. So, if you're curious... Again, the same thing, you know, you are curious, then you are, you, well, you pronounce the first syllable in a more accentuated way. That's where the stress falls, curious, if you're curious. But the noun is different. Curiosity, is that what you have when you're curious about something? Okay, so today we looked at anniversary, we looked at communication, we looked at globalization and curiosity. Okie doke, how about moving on? Uh, let's talk about uh, the next point. You're a learner, you know, you want to improve your English. How much effort do you put into it? Ask yourself, how much effort do you put into it? What do you do? You go to a language school? You have a private teacher, you study, you know, uh, you, you watch videos, you listen to podcasts like this podcast, etc. So that's all good. That's great. But learning is doing. So when you're doing things, that's when you're learning. Question is, how much do you practice and how do you practice English? Do you have friends that or people, you know, people who speak English? Are you in contact with people who speak English? Do you use English at work? Uh, do you read in English? You know, do you watch films or documentaries or you know news reports or whatever in English? These all add up. So ask yourself how much extra work you do in addition to going to classes. That's all going to enhance your improvement. Now, of course, when you when you watch films, for example, you need to know what to do and how to do it because most people fail and give up because they just don't know what to do and they get tired. They think that learning English from movies is the same as watching a film for fun and entertainment. And it's not. It's not. I mean, if you want to learn something, you need to pay attention in a different way. Of course, you can watch films, uh, hundreds of films, if you have the time. And that way you're going to learn a lot of things, I'm sure. But you know, most people don't have that much time. So they just want to sit down, watch a film and expect to understand and learn something. And they get frustrated. They get frustrated because, because it doesn't work that way. 
So you need to put in work. I have a blog post on that. If you're interested, uh, just go to createenglish.com slash blog and you will find a blog post of mine on how to learn English with movies. And uh, yeah, I give you some tips, first of all, on the mindset, like how you need to think differently. And also on how to how to go about it, like what to do actually. You know, what's step one, step two, step three. And yeah, and try it. But remember, when you, uh, you know, watch a film or a video or whatever for learning English, that's different from just sitting down on the couch with some, you know, you know, potato chips and just enjoy a film on Sunday afternoon um, just for fun. The two are not the same. When you're at a lower level, when you're advanced or proficiency level, of course, you can enjoy a whole film in a much more complete way. And there will be still things that you're going to learn, of course, but it's going to be much easier. But when you're intermediate, maybe, or upper intermediate level, you will need to stop the movie more, you know, and go back and, and check check what they were saying, how they said it, and, and, you know, just analyze it and look at it a little bit more in detail as a learner. As a learner, not a spectator of, not just a viewer of a film, but as a, as a learner. Anyway, if you want to know more about this, just go and check my blog. And um, yeah, I'll put the link actually in the description as well, or a link to this, um, you know, uh, page as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's just some learning tip. Now, what other learning tips are there to uh, you know to uh, to use and to kind of build into your learning habits? Vocabulary, for example, how do you learn vocabulary? What do you do? You know, do you take the time to write down a list of vocabulary, new vocabulary that you have um, found in readings, you know, or in videos or just by talking to people? There's a big difference. If you do it, it's very different from not doing it. So when you build a list of new vocabulary, Again, there's ways and other ways, you know, there's different ways of doing it. Re- it's always recommended uh, that you write down uh, the examples that you, you know, the, the context also, just not, not just the new word, but if you find a new word, write down uh, the way you found it in combination of other words. So you learn an expression, not just a single isolated word because it's going to be much more difficult a week, two weeks later when you come back to the word first of all to remember how it was used and second when you need to use it the next time and how are you going to do that are you going to know how to use the word, what prepositions it takes uh, you know, um, and other, other details that are actually learned much easier if you learn new words in combination of other words that they usually go with or go together with same thing if you want to have more information on how to learn uh, and how how to practice how to take notes of vocabulary check out my blog 
on createenglish.com slash blog or createenglish.com slash podcast and look for today's episode and you will find the details there. Great. Now, recently I just posted a, a blog on a page and, and um, I talk about how even if you're a lower level learner, you know, you don't have to shy away uh, from conversations. Uh, you actually should um, take part in conversations with uh, English speakers or people who use English for communication, which might not be native speakers, but you know, you could have any any anyone uh, you meet at work, uh, a colleague or a, a visiting um, you know exchange student or whatever a tourist who speaks English and you engage in a conversation. Now, most people feel shy. You know, they don't have self-confidence and they think, okay, well, when I'm more advanced, I will have more confidence. Yeah, for sure. But confidence is something that you build. So you will have more confidence when you're advanced, not because somebody gives it to you or it just comes from outer space. Suddenly, you will build it up. And the only way to build up confidence in speaking is by doing it. Again, we're back to square one. You know, building confidence starts with you know going through that experience over and over again and 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 learning and knowing okay what you did right what you didn't do as well as you expected and then just trying to improve and and getting better so there's no way to jump you can only take steps uh, and you know it's a step one step two so you can't just jump levels but that's okay now how can you participate in a conversation even if you are not you know, uh, an advanced speaker, which is okay. I mean, everybody needs to start somewhere. Uh, everybody's a beginner at the beginning. So, so what to do? Well, here are some tips. When you are in a conversation with uh, other people in English, whether it's just, uh, um, you know, two people or in a small group, coffee break at a company, or as I said, you know, maybe traveling, maybe uh, you, know, you meet someone, I don't know, uh, in uh, you're traveling and you just uh, hang out with people and uh, you're walking around the city, looking at the sights and you talk about anything, you know, you know, culture, food, uh, buildings, uh, famous people, the weather, whatever. There are ways to to take a position in the conversation. So if you are less confident then try to take the position of more of a listener and less of a speaker so if you don't don't have a lot of vocabulary you don't feel self-confident you know about talking then listen more listen listen to the other person speaking now of course how do you do that um you can't just you know say nothing <laughs> you know that is listening but but what I mean by listening is listening actively. Active listening. What is active listening? Active listening is when you are listening and showing that you are present, that you are interested, okay? If you show interest, the other person will be, you know, will continue talking, will be giving you more details because the person will see that you are interested in what they're saying. So tip number one, if you don't feel you're up to it that much, well, be more of a listener, less a speaker. But listen actively, okay? Show interest. Mm -hmm.
You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legrady. So back to our conversation tips. As far as English is concerned, what can you do? Well, uh, if you ask questions, obviously that's a very good idea. But you can't just always ask questions. Plus, questions in English are a little bit tricky. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, with this, with these auxiliary verbs and the word order and stuff. So, depending on what is what your native language is, it might be tricky. In some languages, like in Spanish, for example, questions are very simply made just by uh, changing the intonation. So, if you say uh, an affirmative and a question is different, uh, just using a different intonation. Like, you know, in Spanish, you could say. Uh, Tienes tiempo. You have time, right? That's it. It's an affirmation. And to convert that into a question, tienes tiempo, all you do is just raise the intonation. So, do you, but in English, it's do you have time? So, so you need an auxiliary verb to form a question. Okay. This is very basic. I know, but I'm just, just my point is that this is different. So, in English, it gets a little trickier because you need to use other auxiliary verbs many times, not always, but you know. Most of the time, there's an auxiliary verb that you use for questions. Um, plus, there, there are other things about intonation there, two kinds of intonation usually for yes or no questions and open-ended questions. We can talk about that later, but the, the point is, ask questions, yes, excellent. Now, you need to know how to ask questions, of course, uh, so you need to practice that a little bit, uh, uh, well, quite a bit, <laughs> I should say. So... Um, uh, but that, that's certainly one thing you, you could do um, to show interest. You could also simply just observe how, you know, speakers talk in just conversational English and how they the, how they show interest. It's not always a real questions. Sometimes they're just short words like, ah, or, you know, I see, wow. And stuff like that. So if you just if you say "Wow," this shows interest. It shows like you're surprised. So the other person might just interpret it as "Okay, this person is interested." So I'm going to give more details. So it keeps the conversation going. This is quite uh, quite theoretical, you know, uh, or might look theoretical. But if you observe your own language, just observe how you speak in your own language, if it's Spanish or whatever speaker you are how you how much and how many of such words you use uh, in your own language just observe next time you're talking to your friends or in any uh, a conversational situation you are just observe how many of these empty nothing you know just really uh, feeling words there are and expressions there are present in your own language and you'll be surprised and then you just Think, you know, why don't you do that in English? Well, of course, it's much more, um, I shouldn't say difficult, but it's certainly less, uh, I don't know, it's just less natural. It feels na less natural to use these at, at the beginning in, in another language because you're so focused on, on grammar. You're so focused on, 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 on getting things right, you know, say them correctly, the vocabulary you need, etc., that you don't really use these filling words. But, 
first of all, there aren't too many of these, um, or that many, as you would probably think. And just, just again, check your own language. There will be a handful that everybody uses, and they're used over and over again, recycled, recycled, reused, you know. Um, so in English, you will have, again, like a handful of these that most people use, and, and they work really nicely. So you could start using those. And this is especially important when you're socializing, of course. Informal uh, conversations, that's, that might work a little differently. Um, although there, you're supposed to show interest there too, but the expressions will be kind of different. Obviously, if it's a really formal conversation with someone, you won't just say, wow, cool. You know, I mean, that's, that's not appropriate uh, usually, but... Um, but in, in everyday conversations, just socializing in English, they're totally great um, and are used. Now, what, what, do they, what do they help you with? So they show interest. Second, they free up some space for you. Like you, you want to ask questions. These questions are the real, real like, um, you know, the, the generators of more conversation. Because when you ask a question person who is going to give you more information but you can't be just asking questions all the time because this is it's not an interview in an interview if you are a journalist you ask questions if you're a reporter you ask questions yes but in 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 a social uh, event you know uh, a party uh, or just talking to people talking to friends you're not an interviewer so use questions but combine them with empty words or these you know just uh, functional short expressions so you want to sound natural you want to sound natural that's it and i'm not saying it's easy to do at the beginning but it's quite simple in a way okay it becomes more simple when you when you pick up some of these uh words and expressions and you start using them just one by one step step by step <laughs> you know you don't need to use all of them right away but uh, just try one or two and see how it works for you Okay, let's listen to a sample conversation here. And this sample conversation is going to have some of these empty words and, and stuff. So let's see how this works in, uh, in this conversation between two people. Now, as I'm going to do both voices, one is going to sound a bit more like talking on the phone to make some difference between the two. Okay, so here it goes. So what are you into? Well, I quite enjoy music. I like reading, I do sports, and I also like traveling a lot. How about you? I'm actually into music as well. Yeah? Really? Yeah. I play drums and piano, and I also write songs. You write songs? Yeah, I do. Are you on YouTube or similar? Yeah. Actually, I just started my channel a couple of weeks ago. I'm still building it, but it should be up and running soon. Wow, cool. What's your channel name? Can I see it? Sure. I'll send you the link later. No problem. Thanks. You made me curious. So let's just take a look at this conversation and how what I talked about previously relates to this. So how these empty words and elements are present in this conversation. It's a very simple conversation, a short one. But still, there are some instances of, of these you know, communication elements. So... First of all, two people are talking. They're talking about something, you know, light, hobbies. And um, they're talking about something that both 
uh, are interested in. They share this interest. And that becomes obvious in the conversation. So the question that opens the, the conversation is, is, is an open-ended question. It says, you know, so what are you into? This question starts a conversation in a way which gives way to multiple, you know, possibilities. Instead of saying, are you interested in this or that, which would be like a yes or no, or maybe, yeah, not so much, or yes, very much, which is okay. You can start with a yes or no question, but this is an open question. So what are you into? What are you interested in? And this gives room for more possibilities. Because the speaker, the person, the other person can be interested in anything, you know, or multiple things. So, so uh, whenever you can um, open and want to open with a question, um, you you should consider this like you know, what do you want? You want more answers, or just uh, want to go for something specific and ask about that? So here we're saying, so what are you into? And the, the response is the answer is well I quite enjoy music I like reading etc so there's a question and there's an answer but there isn't just an answer immediately there's a little well which introduces it is this well an important word well <laughs> it's a, it's a small word but it's important because it just makes it more conversational so instead of just answering directly like I like music or I quite enjoy music which would sound like <laughs> you know more dry maybe uh, this makes it more conversational or for example when you hear uh, well I'm actually into music as well I'm actually into music as well what is this actually is this an important word yes it is important in what sense is it important it's important because you are saying something in a more conversational way so you could just say I'm into music as well. I like music as well. That's good. That's great. I mean, it sounds good. But when you add this actually, it just adds a more conversational color to it. And it actually adds <laughs> that you are interested in the same thing as the other person. So it's almost like, wow, you are interested in that. I'm interested in the same thing. Actually, I'm interested in music as well. Okay. Now, the question to that is, yeah, really? I mean, what kind of question is this? Yeah, really? Is this a real question? No, it's more like expressing surprise, right? So instead of, instead of asking another question and another question and another question here, what happens is there's some uh, response, there's some reaction to what the other person said. And that makes the conversation, you know, go in a more this flow in a you know role instead of just being questions answers questions answers okay and then the answer is yeah i played drums and piano and i also write songs and then there's another question which goes like you write songs again is this a real question no it's not a real question first of all it's not grammatically correct because grammatically it should be do you write songs but because it's not a real question in conversations you can use this form just you write songs which is basically, yeah, it's the affirmative grammar used with a different intonation, with a question intonation, and it converts it into a question, with, but not a real question, into a hypothetical question. But anyway, no need to get too theoretical here. And from a practical point of view, what happens is that it expresses that you're interested. 
Do you write songs? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And then there's another, you know, there's another, um, uh, just another moment where you add more interest, and the conversation keeps on about the same thing. And then there is a real question: Are you on YouTube or similar? And then. Well, that's a real question with a real answer again. Yeah, actually, I just started my channel. So this is again necessary. Well, in a way it is because that makes this conversation more colloquial. Okay, of course, you could just answer or, or ask directly like, what's your channel name? Can I see it? That would work too. But when you add these elements, they make things sound more natural in conversational English. Check out your own language and check how you do it in your first language. And you may be surprised how many of these you use. Great, okay, that was it for today. We're running out of time. Remember, if you want more details on this conversation and some practice tips, check out the conversation that I've prepared for one role and the other role at createenglish.com slash podcast. You will find it in the description of this program and you will find the link where you can listen to it and practice along so you can practice each part and practice this conversational way of using these expressions i'll also share the link in the description of the program here uh, below and um yeah so thanks for listening and i hope this was helpful today see you next time talk to you next time and uh, take care mm-hmm.